Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. My boss is terrible, period. I gotta punctuate it. I said I loved your shirt, but behind your back I said I hate it. The lightning strike me down. If I lied, me no one be around with my tongue's untied. Every pie says it's okay. All the little things I say with my big fat mouth. Uh, good morning. Oh man, this is going to be fun. <laughs> hey, worship is already good and this is just going to get real fun. So today we're starting a brand new series, man. It's called My Big Fat Mouth. And uh, somebody's already said amen to that one. So uh, we are excited you're taking some time out of your schedule, man, to join us this morning. Uh, and we just love, 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 love those who are joining us online. And uh, we know you can't be here, but you're connecting with us. And so uh, it's just awesome that technology allows us to do that. And so uh, the great thing about today is it's the, it's the beginning. It's the beginning and so if you're new with us, you're catching us right here at the very beginning, you're getting the whole thing and you're understanding where we're going for the next couple of weeks. And, and so for the rest of the summer, we're going to be diving into this big fat mouth because we believe uh, it, is, it is something that can change everything for you. Uh, even if you're not even a Christian, these next several weeks, you can lean in and, and this stuff is so practical. You can put this into application and you can change the trajectory of some relationships and so, or the current circumstance that you find yourself in. So it literally is something that you want to lean into and hopefully take notes on and, and put into practice. And so um, I, I, can, I can say this though to start things off and, and, I, and I told uh, you know, the person that I was going to share this information this morning, uh, but it, this past week, um, you know, there's things that have to happen up here in the loft, and it, and it happens quite often uh, where do, during the week there's things going on, and, and so we, we clean up or we do other things. And, and, but this past week, uh, my son and I were getting, getting the elevator, or coming into the elevator after coming up here and getting some things taken care of, and we were dropping off some things, and, um, and we looked at, looked at the, he looked at the series. You know, he saw the series on the wall, it's posted everywhere. And as he was looking at that and he's hanging, he's hanging, you could see his, his mind just clicking in some way or form or fashion. And he just, he goes, so this new series is called My Big Fat Mouth. And I looked at him, I said, yes, son, it is. And he just, without missing a beat, he said, well, dad, why would you talk about mom that way? You know, I, thought, I looked up and said, that is my opening sentence right there, son. Thank you so much. I have been struggling all week long what I'm going to say to start this thing off. But it's true, right? Not my wife's got a big fat mouth, but we do have big fat mouths, don't we? And so we, we have been enjoying that around the house this week. Uh, but seriously, uh, whose mouth has ever got them in trouble? Raise your hands. Come on. Yes. And if you're not, you're a liar. And so... Um, you know, it's, let's just ask this question. Has anyone ever asked, has anybody ever, ever asked, gone up to a woman and they just, you know, and just, hey, or a female, and just, just said, when is your baby due? Yeah, I've done that multiple times, you know, and, 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 and clearly, 
you know, that was a moment you could just shrink down and just wish you didn't exist because she wasn't pregnant. Um, and, you know, there's, there's no way out of that one, by the way. I, I, I still have not figured that one out. Um, there's, just, there's, no way, there's just no way out of that one. What about this one? What about asking someone who just broke up where their other half is, you know? Or where you, you try to cover it up. Well, there's plenty more what? Fish in the sea, right? And so you try to cover it up. But what about the person who's just going through a divorce and you had no idea, but you just ask where they're at? What about this one? Now, I, I'm guilty of this one, and, and you know, but uh, you know, a couple years ago, there's a person who passed away, and, and, um, and I actually, you know, I went to the funeral, but then, you know, a year later, I, I walked up to the person, so how's your dad going? How's his dad's? Your... And he just looked at me, and, and it was this moment of clarity. I was like, yeah, he died, didn't he? Um, you know, you, just, you, you throw those things out, and you just wish you could hide, and it's really hard hard to hide when you're six foot eight. It just doesn't, doesn't work. So, you know, I think all of us have been put into a position to where we've opened our mouth and we wished we'd never said that sentence, haven't we? We, we, we have. And, and the list could go on and on and on, but we all have done it. We all have done it. If you've got a mouth, you have done it. And, and, and you've been guilty of sharing our thoughts and our opinions on more than one occasion when the truth of the matter, we should have mastered the art of listening. And that's a huge piece of where we're going. Listening could change everything if we just choose to do it well. And it could protect you from getting into that fight with your spouse. It could could prevent you from losing that friendship, that friendship that's very vital to you. It could help you get that promotion by just listening. But the truth is, we often do it and we tend to open this big, fat mouth. You know, what are we going to do for the next several weeks is this, and then we're going to look intently at some critical things in our lives that have gotten us in trouble. And I think for a lot of us, those things literally plague us every single day. Um, But before we get into today, I just want to give you a sneak peek of where we're going for the next couple of weeks so you know where we're going, and more importantly, you can encourage your friends to be here because I think everybody needs to be a part of this conversation. But next week, especially, we're going to look at this this, this idea of of something very important, and and I think um, that, you know, no good, or let's put it this way, Uh, Christians don't do this, do they? Christians don't complain, Right? So next week, we're going to talk about complaining, and, and, and men, I could get in trouble on this one, but I'm just going to encourage you to bring your wife or drag your wife here, but, you know, it could be those ideas that you, it could help the relationship. I'm not saying all women are complainers, but uh, men, hey, let's just, let's just look at you. We complain about a lot of things too, don't we? We come through the house expecting the house to be clean, and, and it's just those things of clarity. Uh-uh, not in my house. So... Um, it could be an opportunity for both of you to have some uh, equal opportunities of understanding communication. And so, but I, I know one thing. We're going to talk about complaining. And then we're going to jump into this next word called criticizing. And I think as Christians, man, I think it's okay to, to give advice, but we critique way too much sometimes. And then we're going to jump into this one word that I don't know why people do it. I think it's out of guilt, shame, and remorse. But does anybody ever know anybody that lies a lot? Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to talk about lying, and we're going to hit it head on. 
And then we're going to begin to land the plane with the one that I just think is the most interesting one out of all of them because it's in the Bible and it says not to do it, but we do it often in prayer circles. It's called gossiping. (laughs) You know, and it's just interesting that we gossip a lot. But then we're going to finish the summer with this idea. What then is the mouth good for? What then is the mouth good for? And we all know our words can get us into all kinds of trouble, but maybe we can learn to keep our big mouths in check over the next few weeks and change not just our lives, but hopefully change the lives of our friends and our family and more and more and more of those relationships around you. Otherwise known around here, we like to say these words, these four words, and you say it with me, church, if you know them, change lives. There we go. And when you start to change what you care about, you start to have a changed life experience, which actually multiplies outwardly and it infects the people around you. And so what we want to do today is intro this series in a way that sets the stage for the rest of the summer. And because we believe that changing what we care about with our mouths can change everything, but as well give you a a, a, a phrase. We want to give you something tangible that, that we will use over and over and over each week. And you're probably going to get sick and tired of hearing it, but you know, I believe that the more you repeat something, that eventually it comes out. And, and by the end of the summer, hopefully you'll know it by heart and you'll never forget it. And if you've, and if you've ever studied or opened your Bible, that thing's got dust on it, um, what you will quickly see, and, and we know, is that there's two books made into one, and, and, and we have the Old Testament, and then we have the New Testament. We've got some Bible scholars in the front row. And so it's composed of a bunch of different authors and letters, but one of those authors was the brother of Jesus. And he wrote one of the letters in the New, New Testament book, and he did not get real creative with naming it, you know, uh, like some other people did in the Bible. So he just went after naming it himself. And I guess he had a complex because everybody was always talking about Jesus. And so he just went after it to name it after himself, which was the book of James. That's right. And so I don't know if that's all that's true or not, but I'm just guessing. And, but it, the book is called the book of James. And I would encourage you to read it and open it. It's found in the New Testament. It's an amazing book. It's full of knowledge. It's only five chapters long. You can actually read it in probably less than an hour, probably if you're a slow reader. But if you're a speed reader, 10 minutes. We've got some GSPs today. They can probably do it in five minutes. So, uh, you know, it's those things today where you need to investigate the book of James simply because it can impact you where you're going this summer. And so the interesting thing about James was he was, he was not even a follower of Jesus, when Jesus was doing ministry here on earth. Now, some people might not have known that. James actually thought Jesus was crazy. I mean, who claims to be the son of God when you know him to be the son of Joseph the carpenter? I mean, come on, let's just be real. You're my brother. You're not the son of God, you know? It just, you looked at him and just weird. It's just causing moments, but, you know, then he turns water into wine. You're like, well, anybody can do that. It sits around long enough. It's called fermentation. You know, it's just those things, but it's, it's happening more and more. And then all of a sudden, Lazarus, you know, come out of the grave and then, okay, somebody, he maybe he really wasn't dead, you know? But he kept on saying, I'm going to die. You know, I'm going to die. I'm going to race from the grave. Race from the grave. And, 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 and he's like, I, I just don't know about this. This, this. Jesus has lost his mind. And so, you know, James and him, they stayed up late. Uh, they told jokes to one another probably. They, they dreamed about things. And, and who knows what else they did. They probably laughed. They had all fun, fun growing up. But, but James, James, you know, he looks and listens to Jesus. And Jesus is claiming to be the savior of the world. And James just watches from a distance like, man, you've lost your mind. And then this one event 
This one event turns everything around for James. And that was when he watched his brother be taken into custody, falsely accused and judged and beaten, crucified, and then put into a grave. And James thought it was over. He said, he's, this is what he gets for being that way. Along with everything else and everyone else, they scattered. And then Jesus did just as he's promised to do. Thank God, right? He rose from the grave. And from that moment on, James did what every other person on the face of the planet did, whose brother died and then came back to life three days later. You, you call him Lord and Savior. I mean, you just go, you go with it, right? I mean, who else does that? No one does that. I'm doing whatever he needs me to do because I've never seen anything like this. It's changed my life. I believe he's now my Lord. And from then on out, James names himself a cool nickname. He was not just the brother of Jesus no more, right? He was now James the Just. Why? Because he begins to help the early church take off and give counsel to Jerusalem with just wise wisdom and counsel. And eventually he talks about his brother so much, which is now his Lord and Savior, right? It cost him his life by stoning around 62 AD. And for some Sadducees, that's who killed him, who were not so just because they did it on a whims. They just, they said, let's just go take care of business. And because they did not believe in Jesus or any afterlife, the Sadducees, they did not, they did believe in God, but they just didn't believe any, any afterlife. They were kind of sad, you see. <laughs> Horrible theological joke, I know. Uh, but they just could not see Jesus in the light of something eternal. And so they were Sadducees. And so they killed James. And so while James the just was living, he wrote this letter to all those who claim to be Christians. He starts off almost every single chapter, brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, brothers. And throughout the whole letter, he continues to encourage brothers and sisters. So he's really talking to who? Christ followers. Those who claim to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. And so he talks about everything we should know in just a few short chapters. He didn't want to make it a huge book. He wanted to be really precise to the point. And he encouraged us over and over again. I love the book of James. And I would encourage anyone, if you want some place to start in the Bible, and I love John 3, 16, but go listen to the brother of Jesus, James. Read through that book. I promise you, you'll see some things and it'll bring some clarity to your life, even if you're not even a Christian. It will be wise to read this book. James was full of wisdom simply because he believed and he knew who Jesus was. James is constantly saying to everybody, hey, lean in, lean in. I'm just telling you, draw near to God. It's going to change your life, which he's calling out to us by brothers and sisters. I'm telling you, lean in. But he's also telling this early church, this is how we should live. This is how we should breathe. This is what we should do with one another. And there's something here so strategic for us today. And it's found in the very first chapter, chapter one. And there's something so valuable that we need to put into practice, not just the rest of the summer, but I think for the rest of your lives. And that is found in James 1.19. So if you got your Bible, or if you turn on your version, if you turn on any of those things, I, I, we love the version app, Bible app. We also love Olive Tree. And there's Bibles in the back, or it'd be behind you. But I promise you, if you need a Bible, hey, grab one on the way out. Those things are for you guys to pick up. But if you don't read a Bible, man, how do you know what God's trying to say to you in the first place? I encourage you. I employ with you. Hey, pick up that thing. 
start somewhere. If you need somewhere to start, start in Proverbs, right in the middle, right? There's, there's a proverb for every single day of the week. So, um, but James, all right, James, let's go into James. James 1.19, it says this in my Bible. It says, my dear brothers, my dear brothers, and who? Sisters, right? So he doesn't leave every, he, he's talking to everybody who's followers of Jesus. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. So if you're taking notes, write it down. Here it is. Everybody, not just somebody, it's not just few people, just, just who is it? Everybody. Everybody should be what? Quick to listen and slow to speak. Quick to what? Listen and slow to speak. And then he finishes it off with, and, because we know when things happen internally and you start to boil up a little bit, there's just some things that just, tension just overwhelms sometimes. And I know some of you don't have any anger problems, right? But sitting in a drive through line and, and your, your wife doesn't know what she wants to order. And I know you've been through that line 20 times and it's the same thing going to come out in a minute. Slow to anger is boiling up, right? How, how did James know about drive through restaurants? Don't know. But he says it, and slow to become angry. You see, if we could break this down for us today, for people in this culture where we live, where we work, where we play, if we could break this down and create a saying for us for the next several weeks, this is what I would say. I would say it this way. We need to be quick to listen and slow to speak. We need to be quick to listen and slow to speak. So we're just going to practice by saying this. And so everybody's in class this morning. So come on, we'll get you set up proud. And so let's just say it together. Quick to listen, slow to speak. All right, come on. You didn't sound enthusiastic at all with that. I'm telling you, it sounded very weak. There's people online listening. Like, there's nobody there. There's a full crowd here. So let's say it together. Quick to listen, slow to speak. All right, now let's just, just do it again. Quick to listen, there it is. I heard somebody in the back go, slow to speak. See, you got to do it. You got to put it into motion. So let's do it one more time. And we're going to slow it down. We're going to say slow to speak. So here we go. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Isn't it kind of hard? Because your mouth is going 100 miles an hour. It doesn't know anything different. It just naturally comes out, right? So slow to speak, slow to speak, slow, slow, slow to speak. Quick to listen, slow to speak. And we just got to slow it down before your mouth gets you in trouble. And I think some of you have already been in trouble this morning. You know why? Because we're humans. And and, and I also know this. You do have an option. Today is all about two options. And those two options are this. You could be slow to listen and quick to speak. How many is there? Oh, come on. Am I the only person? There's one in the back. Thank you for your honesty today. You know, I know sometimes I am slow to listen, right? And I, I, and I am quick to speak, right? And I know it gets me in trouble, right? I don't hear what someone else is saying to me, and I, and I, and I, and I, and I just go into this reverse mode of what James says, and I, I'm quick to speak, and it's gotten me in trouble. It's lost friendships over time. And more importantly, it's, it's actually hurt who I am in Christ because they, they look at me kind of strangely. 
You know, I, I remember even a couple of weeks ago, I told you about a story, you know, and, and I've tried to make amends to this person, but you know, we haven't really been able to talk about it because it's still fresh. But I, I, I lost it on a soccer field. <laughs> I was very much slow to listen, but I was quick to speak. And I, I told a coach, let's take out in the parking lot. You know, and it just, it is what it is. I, I, and I should have just reversed that. And there's context there, but if you want to see the whole video, go on YouTube. It's there. Uh, I know. Angrypastor.com, I guess. I don't know. But the truth of the matter is this. A lot of us are in the same boat. I'm not the only one. You're just not raising your hands yet. Slow to listen and quick to speak. And I'm guessing you already know where this leads to. Arguments. Arguments that could have been prevented, by the way. Arguments that could have been prevented and literally changed the whole week. Can I get an amen in the house? If you're married, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And this also affects the bedroom, doesn't it? Anybody? I mean, come on, let's just be real. Right? Arguments that could have been prevented and and fights that did not need to happen at all. I mean, they spiral out of control simply because you are so slow to listen and you're quick to speak. And I I would even take it up a notch that altercations that you come into that can divide families. We're in a season of family reunions and everything else. And how many knows that there's families out there that have been completely divided simply because you have not listened and you are quick to speak? Now I hear some moaning up there. It sounds like cattle. Mm, mm. I guess that's a yes or an amen. I don't know. But what I know is this. It's in my family. I've got people that just don't know how to keep their mouth shut. That's how we say it. My, my, my roots come from Lincoln County. And so we just say what we feel a lot. And it just comes out like vomit. And that's just never good. We should not do that. We should... I don't know, put your mouth and duct tape it up, whatever we got to do, but we need to listen before we speak. And it could change everything. But I know that there's families that have been divided, friendships that you have lost, and more simply because you chose to speak quickly and you chose not to listen intently. And what would happen? What would happen if we could go back in time and we could just go back in, in, into time and, and put James's words into application and, and, and to lean into what he is saying and be quick to listen and slow to speak? How would that relationship change? What would have happened in that environment, in that family? What would have happened in the classroom? What would have happened in school? What would have happened at work? What would have happened in those, those relationships that you value? They would have changed everything, wouldn't it? If we would have just been quick to listen and slow to speak. You see, I love how the message, Eugene Peterson did a wonderful job of how he, he literally translated James's words here. And if you don't know what that is, it's just another version of the Bible. And, the, and so the message, it translates it this way. It says, I post this at all the intersections of your life. Wouldn't that just be great? It, like to have an, a stop sign that says, do not speak. <laughs> just listen, right? But he says, post it. Post it at every intersection of your life. 
Dear friends, I'm leaning into you, right? Dear friends, lead with your ears and then follow up with your tongue. Lead, meaning get out in front with these two big things right here. Fly like Dumbo, whatever you got to do. God gave you two of them, one mouth, right? Think about that one for a minute. Lead with your ears. Follow up with your tongue. And let your anger, anger straggle along in the rear. He goes on to say, God's righteousness does not grow from anger, human anger. So throw all the spoiled virtues and, and cancerous evils in the garbage. In simple humility, let our gardener, God, landscape you with the word, making a salvation garden for your life. I was, man, those are some amazing words Eugene Peterson threw out at us. And I think if we, we literally put those things at the intersections of our life, we will change the trajectory of how your day goes. You see, a lot of us, our days are so bad simply because of your, what comes out of your mouth at the very beginning of the day. You get up and critique the day before you even look outside. It's too hot. <laughs> it's too cold. I mean, are you, you going to take the car today? No. I mean, you, 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 should, you should have fixed me some coffee, you know. I mean, the, the mouth just doesn't know how to stop. And, and there's some things that probably are even more volatile that comes out in some people's lives because it's, it's crossed that margin line. There is no more margin built in. There's no more love and respect. It's just straight up evil darts of attacks coming from one person that I know, the father of lies, who's coming in to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. You see, this is all literally James's knowledge of how the evil one works around us. And he wants to use you and you, and you, he wants to use your mouth to create problems. And so I thought, you know, it would probably be best to lean in to probably one of the wisest persons ever on the face of this planet, which was what? King Solomon. And he wrote a book called Proverbs in the Old Testament. And so I found four verses that I thought were very, probably some of the best wisdom for us this morning. If you're taking notes, write these down. These are coming out of the New Living Translation, but Proverbs 13.3 says it this way. I love how it says it, by the way. It says, those who control their tongue will have a long life. Hmm. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. <laughs> can I get an amen, crowd? All right. The tongue, Proverbs 15.2, it says, the tongue of the wise makes knowledge appealing. But the mouth of a fool belches out foolishness. Now, I know we belch out a lot of things, but some of you belch out some really bad and vile things. Come on now, let's just be real. Some women are like, you don't know nothing, right? But it just belches out, and it just comes out, and then we're just like, oops, and that makes us a fool, what Solomon says. Proverbs 17, 28 says, even fools are thought wise when they what? Keep silent. With their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. It's amazing. Who would ever thought? But sometimes keeping silent could change everything. And you might even look wise. Proverbs 18, 21, this one. It says, the tongue can bring death 
Or it can do what? Life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. I do believe in that verse. I know a lot of people who can do a lot of destructions and bring death by simply opening their mouth way too much, and they're going to reap the consequences. Sometimes people ask me all the time, I don't know how I got here. Anybody ever said that? And I just said, look at this. This is how we got here. This is how we got here. And it started from something more internal, and it has changed the trajectory of where you're at today. And I just, I just want to encourage you, stop moving your mouth. And it might, it might bring prosperity in your life. It might change the trajectory of where you could end up in that relationship or in your workforce. It's amazing what happens when we put these words into application. It could change you. What is amazing, the tongue, though, think about this. The tongue is one of the smallest muscles in the entire body. It really is. But it's almost the same as the strongest uh, muscle in the entire body. It's composed of eight little muscles of the human tongue, and they're classified as intrinsic or extrinsic. In those four muscles, they act to shape your tongue or, or, or they're attached to the bone, and those other four muscles are, are changing the position of your tongue. But what I find interesting, regardless whether or not you find that interesting, is this. You can work all, all day long and be physically exhausted, but your tongue's not. You can be completely wore out, but your tongue is still ready to roll. And my question is, why do we let it? You know, it says to rest in Scripture, to, 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 to understand, to, to take a Sabbath. Maybe sometimes our tongue needs to take a Sabbath. Maybe this whole be still and know that I am God, maybe that has to do more about the tongue than anything. I'm just throwing some questions out so we can evaluate where we're at because I know the tongue is a huge part of either life or death. And you get to choose because when you open it up, it's coming out. And I just want you to put this, this verse into practice as we launch in the rest of the sermon series, quick to listen and slow to speak. This is what James goes on to finish out. In James 1.20, it says this, it says human anger. Now, where does human anger come from? It's, it's actually coming from stuff that's left over. It's coming from bitterness and things that you, you dwell on the past. It says that it does not produce righteousness. It says it's not produced righteousness that God desires. So get rid of all that filth and, and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God. Now, this is the Greek word when we talk about the word of God, theos. You know, we're talking about God that has planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your souls. You see, James continues on into chapter three by explaining that we make many mistakes. We make many mistakes, but he's asking us to get rid of some things. And some of those things actually have to do with this. And maybe some bitterness is left over from here. And maybe you need to understand if you're going to be forgiven from him, you got to forgive others. You can't hold that grudge against them any longer. You can't, you can't attack that person any longer. You can't hold that thing over top of them any longer. You can't throw another dart because if you're forgiven, you can't do that anymore. And a lot of us, Christians, 
sometimes the worst. We throw darts, not physically, but verbally. And it can destroy. The devil wants to what? Kill, steal, and destroy. And he's using our mouths to do it. Something to think about. And as he continues to dive into chapter 3, he explains how the tongue is, is, is full of life and how it's full of death. And he also says this. He says, listen, I'm telling you, it's, it's a conflict. A lot of you are going to make many, many mistakes with your tongue. So if we, if we could control our tongues, we would live in a what? A perfect world. But we don't, so therefore, it, you know, it, it gets us in trouble. And some of you, your tongues, you're like, well, I don't ever say it, but you tweet it. it, it it's just as powerful because it's coming out of you. It could also control ourselves in every other way of how we live from day to day. But he doesn't stop there. James continues to push because he knows the value of this. He continues to warn us how small things in this world can control big things or move different things. He compares it to like a horse bit, you know, like a, something you, a bridle you put in a horse's mouth and, and how something so small, a little small person, an individual. I remember, you know, just a couple of years ago, we put my kid up on a small or big, huge horse and, and he was able to literally control it to the left, to the right, all through that little small thing attached to his mouth. Interesting enough, we could say the same thing about people in here today. What goes out of their mouth is the direction that they go. And he also goes on, he said, it's just like a big ship, you know, it's, it's a big, huge ship is controlled by such a small what? Rudder. It goes wherever it turns. Even a match, he even compares it to a match in the woods. He goes on to say, he says, listen, a small, small flame can literally take over an entire forest and burn it down. What he's getting at is this, your words, they matter. They can either lift you up or they can tear you down. Hey, man, I want to lean into you. What I know is this, is studies show this, that your words matter to your kids. Men, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Maybe you have been looking for this one word, I am proud of you, or I love you from your father for years. And you just long for it. The mother's love is amazing and it's multipliable. I don't even get it how it works some days. But most men or people or kids in this room are just looking and longing for those words. And, and when you actually do them, you can change a child's life forever because they know their love from their what? Father. But also the same could be said when you attack you're not good enough. You're worthless. And everything that comes out of your mouth at that moment weighs them down for years. And if I'm right, I don't know the exact study. Let's just make up one on the spot. But I would say it's true that for every good one you have, those 10 over here, you still think about. You still think about those 10 that haunt you for every good one that you have been given. And so I want to say this to you. I just want to let you know that you are loved. You are cared for, and you are encouraged from a lot of people, but most importantly, from your heavenly Father, who loves you more than you'll ever know. See, I go to bed every single night, and I make sure I tell my kids, all four of them. It's been fun to watch my youngest one catch on to this. 
He's only a year and a half, but he now craves it. He leans in. He allows me to put my lips against his forehead, and I whisper this every single day. Daddy loves you, always has, and always wills. Good night. Sleep tight. Don't let the bed bugs bite. <laughs> don't tell my wife that. We really don't have big bugs, but, you know, we'll be stripping the house down tonight. But every single night, they know who loves them. Matter of fact, they long for it. They actually look forward for me to come in. Sometimes my wife gets jealous and she tries to come up with her own little saying. But They're looking for their father. They're looking for their father to say that to them. And I encourage any father in this room, I challenge you. Your words matter. Lift your kids up this week. Women, I encourage you to do the same. Lean in to, to what James is saying here and just do something. And, and kids, I ain't gonna, I'm not going to stop and just pick on the mom and dad. I'm going to say that your words matter too. Yeah, I got an amen right there on the front row. Your words matter. How you love your mom and dad. How you love your brother and sister. What you do matters. And I want to take it up a notch. What you do matters to your roommates. How you love them, what comes out of your mouth, how you encourage them will change the trajectory for the next six weeks, guys. Or maybe for the week, for 40 some of you going to beach camp, I'm telling you, words matter. Because being in a room with five people in a small little shoebox, it's going to be tight, stinky. And other things going on. I, I just know I've been to those things. And I'm just explaining to everybody we know that words matter. And they matter to God. And so my guess is this you already know what you need to do. You know exactly what we're talking about. You know exactly what you need to change, what you care about. And you know how you've been affected in your life to this point by words that have tore you apart or have lifted you up. And it's more than likely because you've lived now in this, this attribute of bitterness and it's trapped inside of you, which in return is why you speak so quickly in life. Because it's just who you are. You dart back out. You throw them back out. And James, he continues to push us. He continues to push us and he lands the plane for us today because he knows how wicked our mouths can be and how hard they are to tame. This is what he says in James chapter three, verses seven through 10. He says, people, people can tame all type of animals. Have you ever seen Shamu? Okay, that's a big one, right? Have you ever seen elephants? Big elephants, right? Have you ever seen lions and tigers and what? Bears on my, right? You've seen these animals be trained and tamed. Birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can, what? No one can tame the what? No one wants to say it because you know it's hard. No one, no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless and evil full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. There is, it's impossible to do both to praise God and then go out in here and unleash holy hell on somebody. And we're, we do it often. It just comes out naturally because this is who we are. 
And he finishes this in verse 10. It says, and so blessings and cursings come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, surely, my brothers and sisters, surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. See, James knows how hard this is going to be for us, for me, for you. And he is saying to us, slow down, slow down, and do one thing before you speak, which is listen. Listen to God. Listen to wise counsel around you. Listen to what the person is actually saying. He might be speaking this way, but what he's really saying is something different. And then, 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 after you do all that, after you listen, after you completely listen, speak and use words if necessary. Speak and use words if necessary because sometimes our actions speak louder than words. How true is that? Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Sometimes you don't have to say, I understand. Sometimes you just have to walk across the room and just embrace them and give them a hug. But sometimes our pride gets in the way, and that's another way of an action. You see, I know this is going to be one of the greatest and hardest things we do for the rest of the summer. But I believe if we get this right, it can change everything. You see, you can't do two things. James continues to finish out this chapter by saying, hey, you're either a fig tree or you're an olive tree. It just, it can't produce the same thing. It doesn't. Either you're going to praise God with your lips or you're going to curse people. And you're, going to, you're just going to allow evil just to destroy people. You're going to allow things, that, 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 that tongue, that thing, that big fat mouth, it's going to just continue to, to be volatile in our conversations. And he's asking us, he's begging us, hey, will you please lean in and listen? I've got words of wisdom. Will you be quick to listen and slow to speak? Will you be quick to listen and slow to speak? And so what is the one thing today as we finish? What is the one thing that you need to do to change in your life this week? Change immediately. Change to listen more and speak less. You see, there's no option if we're following Jesus' teachings. There's not. We know our mouth can get our bodies into trouble. I think it's interesting. One of the smallest objects on our entire body can get us in complete, our entire body in trouble. And it can destroy other bodies. But we have to. We have to. We have to learn this principle of quick to listen and slow to speak. If, if we want to see change. And so today, what I thought would be the wisest thing we could do is this. There's a song called, Lord, I need you. We need you. We call out, Lord. And I think you're going to be singing a song with your mouth. Now, I don't want you to sing it if you don't mean it. I don't want you to sing it if you don't mean it. I just don't want it to be another song at the end of a service and just be like, oh, well, it's just the close. Here we go. What I really want you to do is, Lord, I need you because I can't do this alone. I can't keep this thing shut. It's full of, of, 
of things, sometimes that are not godly. I've shared more jokes that are ungodly and I've shared more things that are negative this week than I have positive. Lord, I need you to be salt and light coming out of this thing to change lives around me. Matter of fact, I need to start with one, which is mine. You see, James didn't know who Jesus really was until the very end. It's kind of crazy. And then he changed what he cared about, and he said, Lord. He, became, he was no longer brother, it was Lord. And so today, I want that to come out of your mouth. If you're singing this song, you're confessing there is a Lord, there is a Savior, and we all need him, not just to control our mouths, but to have life, life to the fullest. And it's up to you to make that choice. And so today, hey, we're going to be what? Quick to listen, slow to speak. And I pray it changes where we go the rest of summer. Jesus, I thank you so much for what you're doing right now, how you're challenging us with these words coming from the brother of Jesus. And more importantly, how we need to put these into practice, to change the culture, to change our lives, to change people around us. Because people are looking in to see if this is real or not. And if we're not confessing who our Lord is, and if we're not talking about if God thinks, then what are we talking about? More more than likely, selfish things, me things, unhealthy things. And sometimes those unhealthy things lead to bitterness, evilness, wrath. Scripture says deadly poison that can kill, still, and destroy. So God, we confess we can't do it on our own and we ask for guidance, we ask for discernment. Father, put people around us that just want to pour life into us so we can go out and multiply that. And Lord, that's our, that's our prayer. That our mouths glorify the one Father who changed everything, who breathed life into motion and created us in his image to do one thing. To say, he is our Lord. Jesus, that's my prayer. And I thank you so much for this moment because I believe it can change everything. In your name, amen.